Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and in another archive edition, we return to the cinema and experience a family falling apart in front of their son's eyes in 1960s suburbia. In a moment, we speak to actor turned writer and director Paul Dano about his film Wildlife. Ed was the only kid we saw who really filled in the space between the lines. You could see his thoughts. So even if he wasn't saying a memorized line, he was still with the scene and he had a window sort Mm. of into his thoughts. In 1960s Montana, Joe loses his job and struggles for purpose, eventually temporarily abandoning his family to help fight nearby forest fires. This drama follows how the mother and son cope and adapt to life without their husband and father. In the film, Dano has drawn together an impressive cast, with Carrie Mulligan playing Jean Brisson, Jake Gyllenhaal playing Jerry Brisson, and Ed Oxenbald as their 14-year-old son, Joe. I put my name on a list, I waited for my chance, and now they finally have a place for me. You don't know anything about fires. You'll get burned up. Well, I've been reading about them. I know enough. <laughs> You've been reading about them? You've been studying up? Don't turn my words on me, Jean. Dad, what's going on? Your father is leaving us to go and fight those wildfires. Written by Paul Dano with his partner Zoe Kazan, adapted from Richard Ford's novel of the same name. I spoke to the director around the time of the 2018 London Film Festival and started by asking why he wanted to bring this particular book and story to the screen. Yeah, I mean, it's just like good good writing. Like, you know, when somebody gives you that feeling like it's kind of like for you, even mm. though it's not, but it is, you know. Um, a, a song might do that, right? Or a... Mm. So that's why you, you identify with a certain painter because it's just like something is right for you. And I I had a big experience reading this book and the first sentence and paragraph remains one of my favorites ever. Uh, it just... What's the first sentence? Do you know the, it? I do. Um, the first sentence is, in the fall of 1960, when I was 16 and my father was for a time not working, my mother met a man named Warren Miller and fell in love with him. It's fucking great. It's so good. And and we were very tempted to start with that, but it felt important ultimately actually to make the experience present tense mm. and sort of start in the idyllic almost Eden of being a kid, right, with the opening shot and mm. then sort of just slowly peel back the layers of a family image or portrait. Was directing something that you decided you wanted to do way before this? Yes. I, yeah, I've wanted to for a long time. You know, I started as an actor in the theater, which I thought sort of is what I was going to be. It was a theater, an actor, hopefully on Broadway. And when I was 16, I did my first film. It was called LIE. It sort of opened up. I just didn't know about independent film. And it just kind of opened up a world of film to me. So first 
was American cinema and independent cinema, and which led to then, of course, world cinema. And really around 19, 20, 21, I was just uh, devouring film from all over the world. Brisson, Ozu, Melville, you know, just the big sort of guys of, you know, the Titans and the medium sort of started to really like sing and go, I, you know, started to want to hopefully make a film someday. Uh, Interested to um, ask about the writing process with Zoe. Well, yes. So Zoe and I, we met doing a play. We've acted together. Zoe wrote a film called Ruby Sparks that we acted in. Mm. But this was my first time writing. And she's a proper writer. She's written some plays, some screenplays. I wrote a first draft, which was not in screenplay format, and she just kind of tore it apart. And <laughs> we were, we fought, and she basically, I think, felt it was easier to kind of show me rather than tell me. So she did a pass on it. And then we just traded it back and forth, which which was a very natural way to work, and I think allowed us both to kind of put ourselves into it. So we'd talk about it for a few hours, and then one of us would take it, and maybe a couple of months later we would come back to it. And and because we optioned it ourselves, we didn't have anybody to answer to. So it was a very easy sort of let's let this thing grow while we do our other jobs. And, you know, a few years, we'll go make a film. That's a nice way of doing it. When you wrote like this, um, did you find yourself naturally focusing more on the male characters or did you deliberately reverse roles um, when you were writing Missouri? Well, no, I think that we tried to just put ourselves through it again and again and cook it down and put it through a strainer. And yeah, there were times where towards the end when you're really kind of fine-tuning, you might look at Jeanette and Zoe might have done a pass or or I might have. Mm. Um, Certainly figuring out the point of view is important. So I believe the entry point is at first the boy. Probably Zoe's first entry point was Jeanette in terms of how she relates to it on a personal level. My connection was more to the boy. But I see myself in all the characters. I see my parents, my grandparents, you know. So I think it was somewhat more organic than dividing it up strictly or something. Well, how'd you like this particular getup? Looks nice. I used to dress like this all the time when I was younger. I'd stand behind the bullshoots of the rodeo and hope some cowboy would approve of me. Made my father very mad. They called us shoe beauties. Isn't that an impressive thing to know about your mother? That she was a shoot beauty? Yeah, Dad told me about it. He said he liked it. Yeah, it's probably nice to know your parents were once not your parents. It's interesting. Um, I don't know if this is a faux pas or not, but we still, like, presume that there is such a thing as a perfect family and a perfect loving environment. And obviously the 60s setting mm-hmm. is the, the archetype for that. But... It's not. It's not true, though, is it? I don't think many people have families who don't argue, don't don't get stressed and strained. This is obviously a very extreme example. Yeah, I I, I agree, and I feel like that's hopefully why the film can speak to people, right? I mean, mm. it's about family, and most people can probably identify with one of the characters. And then a lot of people come from a home of either separation or divorce or economic struggle or whatever it is. Um, And yeah, I sort of like that, that it's timeless. And, and I like, in fact, the idea that you're talking about, which is we still somehow try to put on the face of, you know, not necessarily perfection, but even, I don't know, even you looking at Instagram these days, you know, like there's just something about presentation versus, and I also think it's beautiful, the fact that I don't know your life and you seem happy and nice, but who knows? Not that you're unhappy, but (laughs) I don't know what your life has been, right? And 
that's fascinating, I think, uh, that we yeah. exist in the world and have these, you know, we've all persevered through something. I suppose, you know, boiling it down, cinema is honest. It's an honesty of sorts. I think I think it can be, right? I mean, yeah, certain, and certain films have given me that, right? They've given you a sense of companionship or something or, mm. or touched you in a way or, uh, you know, uh, a book or a... I mean, certainly not all of it is, though. No. <laughs> so how did the various actors, uh, not all of them, but how did the, the leads such as Kerry and Jake sort of come into the, the film? I'm, I'm tempted to say that you've got a little black book and you just phoned them up, but m- maybe it's more complicated than that. I mean, they, I, I did call them. Um, Carrie and Zoe did a play together about a decade ago, shared a dressing room, and are friends. I am also friends with Carrie, uh, and I felt like she is a very very good actor and i thought seeing her get to be a bit more messy might be really exciting Mm. she felt the same way so that was good and then jake i've worked with and i know and him and carrie are friends and had wanted to work together and i knew that so i started with jeanette because she's sort of the really it's just so mysterious and complicated and Mm. you know and then jake sort of seeing him do something classically American. And we also talked about family for quite some time. And he really had a lot to to bring and give to it. And I was very lucky to have both of them. I have to next talk about Ed Oxenbald as Joe. And I know he's acted before, but he's just a revelation, really. And and, and, and the film is on his shoulders. You know, we are, we are experiencing the film through his eyes. Well, our casting director in New York, Laura Rosenthal, we saw many kids... Then one day we got a tape from Australia and this kid named Ed Oxenbold, which is a good name. And we watched his tape and he was the kid. I mean, Ed was the only kid we saw who really filled in the space between the lines. Do do, do you know what I mean? Like the thought, you could see his thoughts. So even if he wasn't saying a memorized line, he was still with the scene in a really, he was an actor. I mean, he was working with the material. He wasn't just his natural self. And he had a window sort Mm. of into his thoughts. The film and the filmmaking really relies on if we had not had Ed, you know, if I had had to cut around a kid's performance, for example, the whole pace of the the whole structure of the film is completely different, right? I mean, it, it really is reliant on his being a witness and letting the camera, you know, be on him. With his character, it's interesting because... Well, he goes through an incredible amount. He experiences and witnesses. But if it has touched him, we don't necessarily see that. We don't see you were very held back in regards to the, the, the implications. Yeah, I mean, for me, like the mystery of who our parents are just felt sort of intoxicating. It's a coming-of-age film for a family, for a mother, father, and son. He's sort of being f- the kid being forced to be an adult suddenly and the yeah. parents being the kids and acting out and sort of losing their way and I don't know just that that thing of when you just start to see that your parents had a past life or that they struggle or you know uh, they've been creating a safe world for you most of your life and then one day you realize it's not not everything isn't that yeah sort of very sort of complicated but archetypal but hopefully personal you know and Mm. I just liked that mix Jeanette we never liked that Seemed like a waitress's name. What would you rather be called? Well, there used to be a singer named Lottie. Lottie Da. How would that be? I like Jeanette. You've reminded me, actually, I was speaking to someone about the idea when they were younger that their parent 
sort of saw them as their best friend. And that, and that goes back to the scene in the diner mm-hmm. where Jeanette is speaking to um, mm-hmm. Joe. And, and as, if, as, if, as if, like, he's the only one that can, yeah. <laughs> can, can, can be there for her. I, yeah, you know, it, it's nice. So I've spent so long working on this. It's nice right now that when things are sometimes reflected back, because I remember my first feeling, you know, in that scene, the mother asking, how do you feel about your name? Learning what age your mother is, you know, I just, these are sort of, I sort of remember that. I sort of remember realizing my mom is a certain age, you know, and what does that mean? And, and, and a big part of it is they're kind of just not downloading onto him, but I don't know what they're confiding or they need something out of him suddenly, or she's also just kind of throwing him into adulthood. Like suddenly childhood is gone and it's like, you know, yeah. uh, yeah. I read that you um, sort of envisaged the end of the film. I I don't want to spoil it, but I don't think it is necessarily spoiling it. I wanted to talk about this idea of a a family photograph, but we were talking about families again, (laughs) making back my own memories. And I, I, great difficulty in those situations when I was younger, being photographed in that, in a family environment. And it's quite a weird experience. I mean, it sort of is the film for me. I think that it was the first thing I, it was the big thing I thought of that's not in the book where I felt like, oh, this is my film. Like, this is what I have to say, what I, Paul, have to say through Wildlife, Richard Ford's book. Mm. I find it very powerful that there's these other photographs and we don't know those stories. Mm. And our neighbor's home, we don't know their story. We all have light and shadow and that we all have love, hopefully, and that we probably all have some pain. And for me, I think there's something of a, in that moment for this kid, uh, potentially almost a a letting go or an acceptance almost. Um, So it just, for me, it was the right place emotionally to live and to sort of not be reductive about what we've seen, but Mm -hmm. just to sort of present it and be honest about it. Or are you you having a, a hard week? Is that it? No, not very hard. Or are we not getting along? I think so. I haven't talked too much so far, the journey of the mother and the father. I think what's very interesting, um, and we, we have touched upon it, is that they both make mistakes. We, we start off thinking that it's um, Jerry's completely in the wrong. I mean, that's what I felt when I was mm-hmm. watching it. But then we soon learned that that's, that's, that's far, far from the case. It's much more complicated than that. I presume the trick is, or the, the thing to avoid when you were writing it and even directing it, was... The idea of judgment, I suppose. Absolutely. And I was not uh, looking to condemn these parents, right? I feel like I understand their struggle. And I don't know, my heart went out to them immediately, even though they fuck up, you know, in a big way. I just think that's human. And I think that sort of the way that we tried to work was to really kind of, you know, fairly honest about the warts and allness of life rather than over plot it or over explain it and again that's part of the advantage of the kids point of view too is kind of how we reveal information and Mm. and and that we're you know some of our inner life is 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 sometimes out of our control or it's hard to i'm interested to ask from the from the outside i've obviously seen you you know acting and doing an awful lot of work you come across at least on that in that sense a very confident person but i presume this was quite a difficult journey for you it was making a film is is not easy no um i mean i can't tell you how many days i wanted to just destroy it you know um yeah sure i mean but but 
It's also one of the best times I've ever had, and I can't wait to do it again. I mean, it's such uh, it takes such an incredible amount of energy, and just to get to day one of production, honestly, it's such a big experience. And wildlife has been a big part of our life for a while now, and it's really um, it's really wonderful at the same time. But yes, now I'm at the point where it was one of the best times I've ever had, but I can't so many sleepless nights and pulling your hair out and you know whatever because you want to get uh you want to get the thing inside your head and see it come to fruition and a lot of obstacles along the way well how was the fire did you put it out we got most of it snow should take out the rest that's good it was it was hell out there can't tell you i had to stop a man from running in the fire had to drag him down. It sounds dangerous. It was, but I'm happy to be home. Well, we're glad you came. Thanks to Paul for speaking to me. Wildlife is a slow-moving film with powerful and rewarding performances from its three leads. It's it's really wonderful. I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. It's here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and themed series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.